Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hi, hello. Welcome back to Young Influentials, the podcast. I'm Colin Daniels, and you all are in for a treat today with today's episode. I am talking to RJ Larise, who is the VP of Talent and Development and Talent Brand Partnerships for Nickelodeon and Awesomeness TV. And the reason why this episode is so special to me is because Nickelodeon has been one of those networks and companies that just truly inspire me, and I feel like it helps shape the person I am today. Probably like many of you uh, millennials and Gen Z out there, it's probably done the same for you. And this conversation was so fun because RJ shared with um, shared with me about really cool upcoming originals, how they're shaping the landscape, and just other amazing things that um, Viacom CBS is up to. So if you all are into TV and love talking about all things TV like I am, you're in for a treat. So sit back and grab a pen and paper and take notes. RJ, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, so to get started, can you explain to us what you think a young influential is? Like, what is a young influential to you when you hear that? Well, first off, I'm honored that anybody put me on a list that includes the word young. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> um, the influential part was lovely, but the young was also lovely as well. Um, but when I when I look at the list that Adweek put together, I'm impressed with the group of people because I feel like everyone is innovating in a different way in their current field. And I think that right now is a really transformative time in media. And I, when I look at every single person, it seemed like they were doing something in their respective part of the field that's trying to be groundbreaking or change the status quo in some way. So that's what I took it to mean. And can you explain a little bit what your current role is and what you did in the past that kind of helps prepare you for your current role? Yeah, so um, I actually moved out to LA um, during the writer's strike in 2008 and <laughs> got into the unscripted um, side of television. And I started off on the casting side um, and for over a decade was casting everything from dance moms to dating shows to development shows and pilots um, and eventually uh, moved my way up in that side of things. 
And, um, and then I transitioned into the digital side. Um, when I was over at ABC, not only was I working on the daytime side, I was also working in digital. And I fell in love with how quick we could be. Um, I mean, for daytime television, projects that I was working on would take years and years and years to be in development. And with digital, we could have an idea one day, be filming two days later, and it could be up less than a week after that. And I like moving quick. I like that speed of things. And so that was really intriguing to me. And I went over to Pop Sugar and I was their head of talent and oversaw everything from our television side, our event side. We launched an event when I was there um, called Pop Sugar Playground um, with celebrities, influencers, everybody, and also the branded partnership side things. So working with creators, working with influencers um, in branded content, but also in editorial content. And I just love the speed of digital so much. And I mean, iconic brands like Nickelodeon, when I saw this position was available with a woman who became my mentor named Paula Kaplan, I reached out to her immediately <laughs> and we started that interview process. And a few months later I was hired. Um, and now I oversee digital talent and unscripted for Nickelodeon and for awesomeness, with the exception of the celebrity side. One of my colleagues deals with more traditional celebrities, but anything that's creator or unscripted related, I get tapped into. So that can mean branded partnerships. It can mean putting um, influencers in scripted content, which is something that we're in the middle of this being a huge thing right now. And we are at the cutting edge of that. Um, and it can mean unscripted reality shows um, for awesomeness, like one of our shows that's on Paramount Plus right now. There's a variety of things that I do, <laughs> and it keeps things lively and exciting every day. And like what you were saying about like you guys moving so quick, I feel like what's really cool with Viacom CBS as a whole and also Nickelodeon, you guys are so quick to tap like talent. Like I remember, I think it was in 2020. Um, like early on in the pandemic, there was like so many celebrities like uh, that girl, Lele, and all that I saw on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then immediately I saw them get different shows on Nickelodeon. I was just like, wow, like they really like coming in, tapping, like tapping into these creators and talent and really like getting them in and like right at the peak of their careers and just like grabbing. And I think that's so cool. And I'm happy you've noticed this because for Nickelodeon and for awesomeness, we have the youngest audiences of some of, uh, I mean, some of any of the media brands. And for Nickelodeon, we have to be nimble and we have to be on that cutting edge. And for awesomeness, our audience is so Gen Z and we want to make sure that their favorite creators are on the channel. And that, that has meant for both brands, for Nickelodeon and for awesomeness, we've had everybody from the D'Amelios and Addison Ray working with us more on the earlier side. And then we've also caught on pretty quickly when we see somebody growing, growing, growing like a Noah Beck. And we've been able to sign deals with that talent pretty quickly and get involved with them pretty quickly. So how does, so can you explain a little bit more about like the creator process? Like how do you guys uh, do you have somebody that's like on TikTok or on Instagram that's like just looking and seeing like who's blowing up or I feel like you guys are just always on the cusp like how you said like Noah Beck, the D'Amelios and Addison I feel like you guys are always like right like right time right place right time and all that so is there somebody that does that? So I think that I have one of the greatest jobs in the world because I get to spend a ton of time on social media and get paid for it and rewarded for it. Um, I, I have got a great team of people as well who work 
who work with me and we're always on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're catching what the trends are at any given moment. And we're also constantly meeting with talent. So if one of the things that I tell every manager or agent when I meet them is I will meet with any talent. Even if it doesn't necessarily make sense for Nickelodeon or Awesomeness Now, I will take any general talent meeting because there may be a way for me to work with them at some point that I don't even know yet. Um, So I meet with everybody. And if I see somebody on social who I like, I'll tell my team like, hey, track down contact information for this person. I want to meet them. And then we set time with them. And what I like to do is ask creators how, what have you not done yet that you are dying to do? And that's the, the less cheesy way of asking, how do I make your dreams come true? Um, <laughs> because if somebody's been, someone loves working with a specific brand, we have great relationships in that space. So I, something will ideally come up where I can work with that talent and that brand. Um, when it comes to scripted content, we have so many opportunities, whether it's an awesomeness film, like something in the vein of To All the Boys I've Ever Loved Before. We have more of those types of movies and series that are in development. And one of these creators could be the next star of a franchise that could last years and years and years to come. So, or it could be animation and everybody wants to be an animated voice. And We've got a great animation department over on the Nickelodeon side. (laughs) So there are a variety of ways where we can make creators' dreams come true. And what I really feel like you guys do a good job of balancing, like you mentioned when Awesomeness, like it's very Gen Z, but I feel like Nickelodeon, you guys have really tapped into how to grab the millennial um, audience back, like with Paramount Plus of putting like all the old favorites on there, like. I know what really got me. And I was like, wait, Chalkso, Wild Thornberries? I haven't seen these shows since like forever, <laughs> not to age myself. No, that's what I mean. By the way, by the way, that's what I love most about working at Nickelodeon is I'm actually a fan and have been a fan since I was a kid. I remember going up to my cottage in the summer in Michigan and they used to have stick stickly in the summer. And it was this little like popsicle stick that was hosting <laughs> interstitials in the summer. And I loved it to the point where I created my own stick stickly and I would like film on a big camcorder, my own version of that. <laughs> and so when I came to Nickelodeon, it's because I was a fan and everything that I work on, it goes back to me being a fan of Nickelodeon and what Nickelodeon has always stood for as a brand. Um, I've, I've always been a fan of that. Yeah. I feel like you guys do a really good job. You're not one of those typical brands. that's like, Oh, it's, um pride month or oh it's aapi heritage month like let's just flash like an image of this like i feel like you guys do a really good job of really implementing diversity in there not just like once that during that month but it's actually interwoven like i feel like so many early uh, nickelodeon shows and stuff i could see characters and see content i could relate to and i remember just being at an early age and being like wow like i actually feel seen like through this show or through that and X, Y, and Z. So I feel like you guys have maintained to do that throughout the years and not just in the late 90s, early 2000s. No, and by the way, it, this this started when Nickelodeon started back in the day. And now that's the belief from the top down. We want kids to be able to see themselves in the content that we're making. We want to tell the stories that maybe aren't being told somewhere else. Um, we want kids to be able to watch content and feel included. And um, and that's important to me. That's important to our company. And that's a fundamental belief that I think we all have. It's not just 
written in a deck and we follow it, we all actually live and breathe that as we're working. Yeah. And how you mentioned it earlier, like with brands and stuff, like whenever say you guys have like black history month or Hispanic heritage month, how are, how like, do you guys come about um, aligning like different creators with brands where it's not coming across as like tone deaf or it's coming across as authentic to the audiences, like with the brand partnerships with that. For us, I mean, when we're putting together talent lists for brands, it's always important for myself and for my team to put together an inclusive group of people. So that's just in our DNA. We do that. We do that because it's the right thing to do. We do it because it's representative of our audience. And so that makes it easy to scour for talent and to look for a great collection of people. Um, We're not only showing one type of person and representing one type of person. We give a diverse offering across the board. So um, that's something that's easy to do just because I think we all really care about it and it's the right thing to do. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And in terms of like finding your audience, have you guys found more success over on, uh, like I know a lot of networks and a lot of channels are turning to like snap originals or focusing Mm -hmm. more on TikTok or focusing more on Instagram. Have you guys found that it's a lot more fun creating content for like channels like that, like short form video, or are you guys finding it like equal between the streaming, your guys' like streaming platforms? So I actually think that in order to be a successful media brand, you have to win in all of those places. And I think we do a really good job of winning in all those places. Um, Example, Nickelodeon's TikTok is gigantic and it grew that way very quickly. Over at Awesomeness, something that we're doing right now is we're launching new TikTok accounts that target different creators and their audiences. And it's something that's really early on for us right now, but we're making some deals in this space. And the goal is, listen, you might not follow the awesomeness main TikTok account, but we're representing all of Gen Z. And so there might be something a little bit more niche like dating or comedy or sketch or something like that. So we're launching these other TikTok accounts to gain that audience. And um, it's an innovative thing that I haven't seen any other company doing on TikTok. And I think we're the first that are doing this. Um, But with Nickelodeon, we've had success on YouTube, we've had great series. Like we have one called Hot Mess where we have creators and they face off against each other in trivia. And it is the messiest game show that you <laughs> ever see. So an episode might be like 
pet themed and the mess might be dog food at first. And then it increases and increases and increases depending on what people get right and wrong. And that's been a really fun format. That's an original that we have on YouTube. And some of those episodes have millions of views. So that's something successful there. Uh, on the flip side, we also have something like iCarly that's wildly successful on streaming. And I've been tapped with my team at times to cast creators in roles on iCarly that are the roles of creators and influencers on the show. So it's a way that we can remain relevant when iCarly was the number one most popular influencer. And I would argue the first, (laughs) we're we're able to put bigger creators on an iCarly style show. And we're number one being super relevant to the show. We're being relevant to the audience. And then we're also able to give these creators their first scripted opportunities. And I think that that's something really special that we were able to do in the first season and sneak peek. There's some of that in the second season as well. And speaking of iCarly, I feel like that's another thing. Like, I feel like you guys haven't really like a lot of people right now are just doing reboots. And I feel like you guys have done like a well balance of yes, doing a reboot, but also making it for younger audiences, but also like paying homage to like the older audience to where they can relate to it like that's one thing I liked about our Carly was I was like oh even though I was a little bit older I was like oh yay our Carly's back but the way you guys did it was in a way where like you said it brings in like a lot of newer influencers and kind mm-hmm. of ties in both ages and I feel like a lot of a lot of media companies and a lot of brands struggle with trying to create originals for like you said like the niche audience and then also trying to keep their other audience engaged also and then also bringing it back in together where everybody can kind of meet in the middle Well, listen, I feel like I'm constantly in an identity crisis (laughs) and I had to separate my TikTok account. Now I have a work TikTok account and I have a non-work because I'm watching so much kids content. I'm watching all of the Gen Z comments or sorry, I'm watching all of the Gen Z content. I'm watching all the kid content. I know what's going on, the drama that's happening. I know who the newest creators are. But if you look at, I had to separate my feeds at one point uh, (laughs) because my algorithm was was a little confused. No, like I think my algorithm right now is somewhere between (laughs) Taylor Swift, like deep fan theories and like random up and coming singer songwriters. So I get that. Listen, I mean, I also feel like my language, the way that I speak has changed a lot, um, specifically because of the Gen Z kids that are on (laughs) awesomeness. Like the new word that everybody's using right now is bet. So instead of saying like, it would be like the equivalent of back in the day, like faux show. It's now (laughs) bet bet is the new one. So now I started saying bet. And every time I say it, one of the teens that we work with is like, oh, you know, (laughs) that shows that I'm doing my job correctly. So I'm always happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But um, so for upcoming stuff, like you mentioned earlier, you guys are doing a lot more niche, like doing a lot more niche channels on TikTok and stuff. Um, Is there a way that you guys are able to balance where it's not seeming like, okay, they're reaching, they're just putting content out there. It's not really thought provoking. They're just spreading themselves too thin. Like, is there a way that you guys are finding a balance between creating that content where it's like, oh, about dating and it's actually relatable and useful versus just putting out random dating videos or something? So this is something really important to me. Um, I'm in my mid 30s. So I'm in my mid 30s. I am not a Gen Z teen. (laughs) So something we do often is we will hire 
people above the age of 18, I should say that, but we'll hire people that are actually in the demo. So we have this kid, Owen Holtz, who I put on the first season of our next influencer competition show, now streaming on Paramount Plus, shameless plug, but (laughs) um, he was on the first season of the show. He won that show. He hosted the second season. He's hosting the third season that's airing now. And there's a story about him later that I can go into about his talent development within Viacom CBS. But one of the things that we did is we hired him. So he helps work and consult on our social team. So he's making the content that we are using to reach Gen Z, which makes so much sense because he's our audience. And he successfully was able to gain a massive following. And so why not hire him? And he loves, when I when I called him to tell him, he's so happy. He started a LinkedIn account and he was like, I get to be on LinkedIn and I work at Viacom CBS. And he's learning things about the corporate side that he wouldn't have learned if we didn't do this. And our team is learning from somebody who's actually our audience. And I really believe in this. I think it's like a modern day version of focus testing, to be honest. But yes, could somebody in their mid thirties make compelling content for Gen Z? A hundred percent. I mean, we on the talent side have been able to do this very successfully, but does it help to have actual members of our audience consulting on the content? A hundred percent. Because I feel like a lot of times when, especially right now, I feel like a lot of media companies and brands are really trying to reach that Gen Z millennial office, um, millennial like uh, demographic. And they're just spewing, spewing content where they will maybe see a TikTok video or see something like, oh, yeah, that's what they want. And they just put it out there versus it's nice to hear that a lot of companies are like, no, we're actually hired a Gen Z focused or Gen Z focused um, media agency or we're using the influencers at that age to really tap into it. And I know I'm seeing a lot of other brands, like for especially like the millennial workplace memes and videos, that's like really pop a lot of like brands and stuff are tapping those influencers to really tap into that original and authentic content versus just putting something out there where you're like, okay, you clearly just saw that one video that's not relatable anymore, but really creating that really that brand voice. Yep. And I also think you've got to look at the data. That's one of the things that I think we do really well at both Nickelodeon and Awesomeness is we may put a show up and maybe it doesn't get the best views. And that could be for a variety of reasons, but it's clear it's not resonating with the audience that's watching it. So it's the beauty of digital no one will remember that you move on and you create your next big hit. And so we've been able to do that. And I think you have to experiment. You've got to be authentic to the audience that's watching the content. And I think we do a good job of that. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, do you have any advice for anybody who is a content creator who is wanting to say like, oh, I'm putting out this great content and I'm, I want to get discovered by Nickelodeon or another Viacom brand? Like, what advice would you give to uh, somebody like that? I would say try everything. So try YouTube, try YouTube shorts, try TikTok, try Instagram, try all of them simultaneously and do not give up on it if you truly believe in your own voice because eventually it will catch on. Um, What I think was great about TikTok is that their algorithm was so different than anything that we had seen before. And I call it the equal opportunity social platform (laughs) in terms of breaking somebody because And fun example, my second cousin who lives in Michigan has 2 million on TikTok because she recorded a viral moment at her high school's football game. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Like she got, she went viral. She has 2 million people that are following her. Someone can go from zero to 5 million followers on TikTok in a matter of a few months. I mean, one of our cast members on Next Influencer, the one that's airing on Paramount Plus now, Nora DeBash, when we cast her, she was somewhere at like three point, she was somewhere probably like at like 4.5 million when we cast her. This was back in August. She's now almost at 8 million. She's almost doubled in the time that she was cast on the show. She filmed it and the show is airing. So I just think you've got to keep trying. You've got to post every day and then be authentic to yourself. Um, I think authenticity has become more important on social media platforms as the years go on. And I think um, if you've got a highly engaged audience who's watching your content, you can just keep growing and growing and growing and growing. So, yep, post post until you actually hit the success that you want to hit. And then also be authentic. Those are my two number one recommendations. And then for like you mentioned, like for brands authenticity, like what advice do you have for marketers or other brands who are saying like, I'm trying to reach the Gen Z and millennial audience, but I don't, we, where do we start? What do we do? Like we had one or two good videos or we had one or two articles, but now how do we keep them engaged? What, what are we doing wrong? Like, what would you tell them? Well, first off, they can um, come and collaborate with Nickelodeon and Awesomeness and we'll help them. So we can help any brand out who wants to hit those audiences because we are. Um, But I think you have to, I think that you have to do a lot of spending time on social media and looking at what the audience is actually posting and watching. And I think that there are a lot of people that are too lazy to do that. (laughs) And they're just like, I want to figure it out. I want to figure it out, but they're not actually doing the work. And I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm a testament that if you actually put in the work, you actually live and breathe the content that you're making, you can make the right choices when you're making content for the audience. Um, you can't just look at focus group research and then be like, oh, I'm going to use that research and make this show and be detached from the audience you're trying to reach. And whether it's focus testing, whether it's being there in the trenches with that audience, whether it's go to VidCon, go to VidCon and talk to kids at VidCon who are your actual audience, watch them, watch their behaviors. Um, because I've watched so many brands try to reach Gen Z that have failed because they're not doing it in an authentic way. They're not listening to the actual audience. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times a lot of brands are like, oh, you all like uh, corporate Natalie. Let's have her do two videos. And it's and uh, it clearly... I, I, I love corporate Natalie so much. So <laughs> I, I got to stop on that one. I, like, I love watching her content because I am a millennial who works in the corporate environment. <laughs> and what, what I think this will bring it back to the conversation. But what I love about corporate Natalie is she's actually been there before. She talks to people who are actually in those scenarios. So she's making content that actually resonates with that audience. The same can be said for Gen Z and the kids. Like if you do the same thing that corporate Natalie is doing, but with the audience you're trying to reach, you can find a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Cor- Yeah, I love her videos. And then Rod, who does the other. Um, I, love- I also love Rod as well. <laughs> and Rod is somebody I started following relatively recently, but everything, I mean, everything that he posts has resonated with me. Yeah. And I feel like that's another good example, like how you said, how brands can align with like authentic influencers to create 
great content. Like I feel like that's a prime example. Like he's worked with so many brands and stuff who have got to let them keep their voice and let them know, like, be like, Hey, I know how you can speak to your audience in a more authentic way. Let you do you. Cause I feel like a lot of times brands will want to re- work with these influencers and they completely change, like say like, Oh, you have to do it like this and that. And it's like, they're going to be able to tell that that's not authentic. Like you have to let them create their content in the way that they know how to talk to their audience, not in a way that fits your mold. <laughs> Listen, I've be- I have not every company does it like Viacom CBS. And I have been at those companies in the past. Uh, without naming names, where it's like a factory of making content and no one's actually putting thought into what the audience actually wants. And it's honestly why I'm so happy to be in the position that I'm in now is because we're all on the same page in what the goal is. And we've had a lot of successes, whether it's the brand partnership side or the scripted side or the unscripted side. I mean, I had nothing to do with this, but you look at what Nickelodeon and the NFL were able to do together and what buzz and press that got and did this year. It's amazing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's incredible. And I think partnerships like that are really fantastic. And the people that worked on it deserve all the accolades that they've been getting. And um, before we go, do you have, speaking of that partnership, which is amazing, do you have any other exciting projects that we can expect and look forward to from Nickelodeon or Awesomeness to come? Yes. So, I mean, I think our next influencer show that's airing now on Paramount Plus is a fantastic example of something that was wildly successful on YouTube. It's a premium show and every season has gotten more premium. I mean, it's a fantastic show that will stand the test of time in terms of reality along the great reality shows that exist. And it's on Paramount Plus now and it's gotten some great viewership so far. So I think um, will we do more seasons of it? I hope so. Um, I, I love casting that show. I think it's fun to work with these emerging creators who are like between a million and five million-ish on TikTok and be with them from the beginning of their success and grow them within the ecosystem. So I love that specific show. Um, I mean, we're casting a few others right now that I can't fully get into. <laughs> there are some very innovative reality shows on the awesomeness side that I'm excited about. And then just generally talent development. We're always looking for the next big star for Nickelodeon and for awesomeness. I'm always on social looking for that next person. And that's not necessarily a show. It's not necessarily a project. It's being able to take someone who has this voice that really will resonate with our audience and take them to the next level and build and build and build and build. And um, I'm excited to find the next superstars for both brands. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure our audience is going to be looking forward to see what other great content you guys come up with. Um, Thank you so much, RJ, for talking to us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino. Executive produced by Chris Aarons and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network 
by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.